Hello and Merry Christmas. With Christmas season now being so close, I'd like to take a special look at the Christmas story. Many of us are familiar with the traditional elements of the Christmas story. But today's look's going to be a little bit fresh, a little bit different. It's a point of view that I believe will be a huge encouragement to you, maybe even give us a little bit more hope through the Christmas story and the season that we've all entered into. So we're going to look at really the most traditional passage of scripture, which is Luke chapter number two. It gives to us the story of what happened But what we are going to do is we're going to look at it from a fresh perspective. I'll give you an example. The story of the birth of Jesus begins in Luke chapter number two and verse number one. This is what it says. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the entire inhabited earth should be taxed. All right, let's go ahead and start with that. What we find is that the entire element of the Christmas story begins with something that is really fairly common. It is essentially the taxing of an individual who is the ruler, Caesar, that he puts out across his entire land. Now, you know how how common and how mundane and how uh, boring taxes are. We all have to pay them, but there's nothing really exciting about taxes. It's just the thing you have to do at the end of the year or that shows up on the receipt every time you make a purchase or that shows up in your mortgage payment, right? So at the time of this writing, Caesar has been in power now for 29 years. He basically comes up with this idea that is really a pretty bad idea. It's a pretty average, even below average idea of taxing everyone within his kingdom. But hey, he's the emperor. And if he wants to tax people, then that's exactly what he's going to do. That's exactly what happens. I know the Christmas story we all know has a grand ending, but the way it begins is is a little bit different, isn't it? When you look at it, Honestly, people today, we can relate to what it's like to to be in the position that that Jesus' parents are in here in this setting, right? They're just kind of living. They are uh, trying to survive. And all of a sudden, this tax is pushed down to everyone within this kingdom. And they now have to deal with these outside factor of a tax that's being forced on them. Maybe you can relate to that as you're listening to this. Maybe, honestly, you live in a home environment that is volatile and very unstable. Maybe you live in an environment that makes it tough to live out what you believe God wants you to do, or that makes it difficult to live out the principles and the truths that you know a person should live to. And maybe it's hard because of your home environment, or maybe you're living within the consequences of decisions that people around you made. It's not decisions you made, but somebody else made it, and now you're living with the consequences. Or maybe you just didn't grow up the way it seems like a lot of people around you did. Maybe you weren't taught the value of hard work. Maybe the idea of ethics and morality are something just a little foreign to you because you weren't taught that. You didn't grow up in that type of home. But now, as an adult, you see that that it sets you behind a little bit, and now you're kind of struggling as an adult to catch up. 
I want you to see that the Christmas story begins basically with this very average mundane act of having to pay taxes. And what it does is it forces the parents of Mary and Joseph to now deal with this outside factor of a new tax. I think you can connect to that. But it's not just that. It it goes a little bit deeper. See, in the verse I read, it said that basically every single person was going to be taxed, right? The entire inhabited earth, those all of those within the kingdom of Caesar are going to have to be taxed. That now means that every single family living in this region of the world is going to have to register in a census so that they could then be taxed after they've registered their properties, their family size, their income, and the things that are needed in order to be taxed accurately. Again, I want you to see that this forces Mary and Joseph to do something that is completely out of the ordinary. And honestly, it's frustrating, right? It's trouble. They have to travel for hours just to be able to get to the place where they can pay a tax. And Again, I think that there's people listening to this podcast that can relate to even this very specific incident. I think you can relate to what it feels like when you have to do things that are outside of your control and that are seemingly like frustrating and very mundane and even I'd say average. Maybe that's how you feel right now at your home. You're just like, it's mundane, it's average, it's nothing exciting. Maybe you live in an average house, or maybe you make an average amount of money, or maybe you have an average bank account, or maybe you work in an average job and you feel like you have an average career, you drive an average car, you wear average clothes. There's just nothing super exciting about your life. And I want you to see all of that type of thought is really intertwined within the Christmas story. That's what really makes it so incredible. This is what Mary and Joseph are experiencing, and this is what they're going through. So what happens in our text of Luke chapter number two is they end up making their way there. They make their way to where they need to be, to a city called Bethlehem. And then it says, when they get there, Mary gave birth to her firstborn son. And then it says that they wrapped him in strips of cloth. They laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. I want you to see what it is that they wrapped him in. They wrapped him in strips of cloth. This is ridiculously average and simple. In fact, during this time, any newborn Jewish baby, when they were born, they were washed. They had the cord cut. They wrapped them in strips of material that would keep the baby tight and warm. But not when Jesus was born. When Jesus was born, they basically wrapped him up in clothing that was not intended for the clothing of a newborn baby. And again, Another example of how everything about the birth of Jesus seems extremely average or even possibly below average. I think, again, we can relate to that, right? Like something inside of you wants to be spectacular and wants to be significant, but it feels like you're completely wrapped up in the average and mundane or just kind of living an average day-to-day life. And sometimes that can be frustrating. I get it. But I want you to see that there's a lot of those characteristics that are intertwined into the birth of Jesus. 
And in verse number seven, it even says that they laid him in a manger is what it said. They basically put him in a place where the animals, where the barn animals would come and would eat and would drink. That's where Jesus was laid. Again, average to below average birthplace. It was a stable. It was never intended for the, a newborn baby. But here he is, Jesus, the newborn baby in an animal stable because it was the only thing that was available to him. It was the only thing Mary and Joseph could find. So after his birth, Jesus is laid in a place that is used to feed the animals. Now that's average to below average right there. And again, I think people today can relate to that start in life. And maybe that's how you felt, right? Like I'm born into a family that is, that there's, there's nothing. We're just an average, basically everyday family. And there's, it's, it's just in an average place in an average town. There's a lot of connectivity to that. And I, I want to draw your attention of these first seven verses to how average to even below average to mundane to even difficult the story of Jesus' birth is, right? Like during the Christmas season, we make it sound so grand and so beautiful with paintings and portraits and all these little figurines. But in the most basic elements of the birth of Jesus, there is a lot there that is not grand. It's the exact opposite. But I want you to understand like a couple of things about Jesus, all right? When he is born, I want you to see that he was born in average, but he was absolutely not average. In fact, one verse says that the glory of God started to shine all around him. And another one says that there appeared like bunches of hosts of angels and they were shouting like good things and great joy. They were saying, unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior. So even though the circumstances were average, and even though the environment was mundane, in the midst of all of this, something absolutely spectacularly glorious was happening. And that was Jesus was being born. I mean, think about it. Would the Christmas story be the same if Jesus was not born the way that we are reading in the scriptures that he was born? What if, just a what if situation, completely what if, but what if Jesus was born into prestige? And what if it was absolutely spectacular? Think of it. What if Mary and Joseph were the king and queen who were ruling over the most powerful nation in the world? What if Mary's due date, as it neared, they sent out a law that every citizen of the nation had to come stand at the gates of the palace and wait for the announcement of Jesus so they could all shout and celebrate? Or what if, as Mary went into labor, a team of the most highly trained medical physicians in the world attended to the birth of this newborn baby Jesus in a room that was specifically built for only Mary to give birth to Jesus. 
And what if as soon as Jesus is born, he's cleaned up and with the finest clothing in the world, his cord is cut with 24 karat gold scissors, he's laid in a crib that is rhymed, that is aligned with gold and silver and bronze and porcelain, he's placed into a nursery that is covered with diamond laden walls, and there are six guards standing on duty all to protect. What if all of that had been the story of Jesus. You know what it'd be? It'd be boring. We wouldn't be talking about it the way we do. Now, here's what we often fail to realize about the Christmas story, is if you were to turn it and make it something that is actually more glorious, it actually reduces the glory and the prestige and the honor that is found in it. But because... The story is actually a story of mundane, of difficulty, of challenge, of normalcy, of even average to below average, because those, that's the way we describe the story. It actually is way more glorious. So here's what you find, that basically Jesus specifically chose to be born within an environment that was surrounded by average. He did. He could have come any way he wanted, but it was his choice. There are three reasons why I strongly believe that Jesus' birth was chosen to be the way it was rather than another way it could have been. First, because being average allows you to relate to Jesus in a way more personal way. See, you and I can relate to people who were born in average, who have lived the average, who know the average. The average person cannot relate or connect to the top one percenters of the world. We simply can't. We don't know what it's like to be them. We don't know what it's like to grow up like them. We don't know what it's like to be born like them. We don't know what it's like to live with the prestige that they have. We can't connect to that. And I believe this is why Jesus chose to be born the way he did. Because being born in the average and coming in a way that was average allows you and me, the average person, to be able to relate to Jesus Christ in a way that makes it feel extremely personal, where we believe he understands us and we know that he can connect with us. And in our moments of greatest fear, we know that he understands that. And in our moments of greatest challenge, we know he understands that. And when everything around us feels very average or very difficult, we go to him because we know he understands that. And I believe that's why he chose that. Secondly, because God's glory shines brighter in the midst of the average. Because the story of Jesus is so average, his birth is so average, it allows that one spectacular moment. Honestly, it's spectacular anytime a child is born. If you're a dad, mom, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But that one spectacular moment when Mary gives birth to Jesus and that baby is born, that one moment shines even brighter because of where it happened, where it took place, where the child was laid the moment he was born and everything that preceded that moment. 
God's glory is incredibly brighter because of the average circumstance that it's in. That's why I believe he chose that, because it puts an emphasis on where the emphasis should have been. The fact that a child was born who was God in human flesh. That's what was important, nothing else. And third, it is the average people in the average situations that God is showing us have the greatest potential. So it is the people who are, when they view themselves average to below average, who are living in average to below average circumstances and situations that have the greatest potential. Now, this is not always what it feels like. It feels like the people who are average have no potential. But the birth of Jesus Christ shows us the exact opposite. That it is the people who are average, who God sees have the greatest potential. And it is the people who come from the most average of circumstances that God knows have a potential to shine the brightest because God's glory shines brightest in the midst of the average and the difficulties and the challenged. I hope that today the story of the birth of Jesus Christ is something that you see with a little bit of a different perspective. I hope you realize that it's not a story that was put together simply so we could have these really great pictures on walls or these amazing ornaments on our tabletops. But it is a story that was specifically chosen by God himself to teach us and to connect with us and to relate to us. So on this Christmas, I pray that your heart is filled with the joy and the hope that comes from the Christmas story. I'm not talking about the commercialized one. I'm talking about the real one. The real one that Jesus chose. And understand that today, Jesus wants to connect with you in an extremely personal way. That today, he wants to take you in whatever situation you're in and shine his light and his life through you. And that there is nothing that you have gone through, been through, experienced or done that is going to take you so low that he cannot shine his brightness through you. So this Christmas, I pray your heart is filled with hope and joy. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.